Hi, welcome to the Bucks Report podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We're really glad you're here because this podcast is designed just for you, Bucks fans everywhere. Now let's go straight to this episode's Bucks Report host. Hey everybody, welcome to another Bucks Report podcast. I am your host, Rick Hughes. I am the host of the Bucks Report show on Monday and Friday nights at 9 p.m. And at 8.30 on Saturday night, what's cooking in the South? We have a very special guest here tonight. We have Kyle Berger. Kyle Berger. Um, Kyle is an, a reporter, anchor with ABC Action News in Tampa. He's a Heisman voter. He's all that. Um, and we are very fortunate to have him here to talk a little Buccaneer football. How are you doing tonight? I am doing well. How are you doing today, Rick? Doing excellent. 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 Uh, well, there's been a lot. Uh, you know, they say there's no off season, and I think that's kind of true. It goes through little lulls, but this week was not one of them. <laughs> we had a lot that was going on we, from the schedule release on down to rookie minicamp and, and such. Uh, I want to talk to you first. Let's talk about the schedule. Was there any big news, anything that stood out to you when you saw the schedule? Well, I guess the big thing was who would be the season opener. A lot of fans seem to want to have the New Orleans Saints and Jameis Winston come to town. Yeah, there's a lot of storylines there, but the Cowboys, uh, I mean, the storylines with that too, it's just not as personal to Bucks fans without that Jameis Winston uh, hook to it. But um, I mean, that's quote unquote America's team. It's going to get a huge number TV wise. And that's really what matters to these networks is getting the eyeballs on there. And honestly, whoever the Bucks would have played in that first game, it's the only game on, on the slate that day, the way the NFL, the ratings are anyway, anybody, everybody would have be watching that game no matter who they would have played, but it'd been really nice to have Jameis come to town. And, uh, you know, he, he, he ate the W's last time. He was <laughs> uh, up in both regular season games. Uh, yeah. a chance for Jameis to eat some humble pie. If uh, they could have had him in that opener. I think they had, uh, they, they got the ultimate revenge in the playoffs, but I do think that now it's Jameis's team that they're going to be facing. Probably, probably we say, I mean, still a long way to go. Yeah. But, you, yeah. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, uh, uh, Taysom Hill, I mean, he he's in there. I mean, Sean Payton loves him so much. But, yeah, Jameis, I mean, he's had that, that career of being a starting quarterback. Right. If he gets it all together, man, he – like, I was one of the guys on record saying I would have loved to have Jameis stick around another year to give him another chance in the Bruce Arian system. Right. I, I mean, that got thrown back in my face big time. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know Tom Brady was coming. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have him come back for one more year. Other than the situation that we're talking about here, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tom Brady comes in, yeah, everything stops. The whole the whole uh, benchmark changes. Yeah. Um, the rookies this year, though, like Kyle Trask, um, I guess. Now I, I don't know how much of this is lip service and how much is real. Arians talking about how Trask has picked up the offense, and uh, I think I think that's uh, that's interesting. Makes rookie camp a little bit interesting. But what I want to ask you about is this. Joe Tryon, I think he's Mr. Irrelevant because nobody's talking about this guy, <laughs> the, the the first pick by the Bucks. Any thoughts on him? Yeah, well, there's no really reason to have any conversation yet because you haven't seen him on the field. I mean, I guess the big thing is that he wasn't able to participate in any of the drills because he just didn't pass the physical. But he opted out last year at Washington, which kind of seemed like uh, it, was, it was under the radar because – no one saw him play last year. And I remember um, 
uh, Jason Light saying that this draft would be a crapshoot because there's a lot of guys that opted out and he didn't have any fresh tape. And this is one of those guys. And I think if he would have played a full season, he'd be in that top 15 range. So I think the Bucks got some sneaky good value on Joe Tryon, which I guess you could say makes him Mr. Uh, irrelevant because no one knows or no one right. really knew much about him coming in because of that missing year. And we hadn't, we didn't see him at all this past weekend either, besides just jogging on the sideline. But uh, he could be a very, very good pick uh, down the road, not necessarily this year because we have all 22 starters coming back. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a very, very deep position group, but he's going to have a chance to learn under a, on JPP, which could make him very valuable yeah. in a couple of years when JPP hangs him up. Yeah, it's. A, I think that's the exciting part of it. You know, I I, I laugh that they're, they keep saying how Trask is picking up the offense so well. And at the same time this year or this week, a story came out saying that um, – that the that Tom Brady had a hard time picking up the offense, and midway through the season last year, Brady was having trouble even calling plays. That that I guess that sort of explains the running game with I mean the the game with five runs in the entire game. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. You think Brady's your guy? I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe like you said, maybe it is a little lip service. I mean, uh, he is your only quarterback in camp for those two days. That was Trask's really only time to shine or have the spotlight on him. For a couple of years, you probably think, because he's the only guy out there, um, you know, he'll, he'll luckily go in as a third string guy this year. He'll compete for that backup job, I guess, in, in another year. But, uh, uh, you know, he, he's been a backup guy most of his life. I mean, didn't start in high school. He waited his time at Florida. So he has that experience of digging into the playbook and grasping all this information before he even steps on the field. So this it's, it's going to be natural for him to, to get in there and sit for a couple of years. And that. I mean, that's going to benefit the Bucs. That's going to benefit Kyle as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, other than Joe Tryon, uh, apparently uh, Antonio Brown's been having some knee issues, and that's why he hasn't signed. And he thought, I mean, wait, what's going through your mind regarding that? I thought that was like, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, he had his knee scoped, I guess, today. I guess the report came out that uh, it's going to take a little bit of recovery. Then hopefully he can pass that physical. And Arians was saying that uh, the only thing holding back this uh, pen to paper is passing a physical. So it sounds that that's the only step we need to cross. And maybe uh, drafting Jalen Darden could have been an insurance policy for this Antonio Brown situation, a, a speedster, at wide receiver, punt return specialist. But uh, I think everything's going to play out just fine. I mean, Arian said that uh, A.B. was a model citizen during his short time <laughs> here in Tampa Bay. So it seems like everything's working out the way that they expected. Just a little bit of a setback right now, but it, I guess it should be okay. As as far as we know, it should be okay. Well, I was well-behaved in fourth grade, but the rest of my elementary <laughs> school career might have been different. Let's <laughs> wait and see what happens this week, this year. Um, now, now, the big... The big, uh, the the big controversy, the big discussion, the big, uh, I guess I don't know. I I was jokingly calling it a kerfuffle. Is ticket prices? Everybody's. Mm-hmm. I mean, if social media has just gone crazy talking about ticket prices, I, I mean, is that just the price you pay? I mean, what else do you expect? I mean, uh, you win a Super Bowl, you got the you got the Michael Jordan of your sport in your stadium. Um, what ticket prices went 15%, I guess, face value, something like that. I mean, I guess you kind of expect it. I mean, it's, it's, it's too bad. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, for, for longtime fans, I mean, that, that want to get in there and see their Buccaneers play, it's going to be very hard to get a ticket. And then plus you go on that, 
on that second market. I mean, it's going to even even higher. Um, well, that's what I think everybody's complaining about is that second market is, you know, when people are reselling their tickets. And to me, listen, they were all complaining when there weren't enough people in the stands and it was cheap. And now they're complaining that, <laughs> OK, the stadium people are just begging to get in and paying lots of money to get in. So, yeah, I don't know. yeah. It, it, it's tough. I mean, it's if you're going to get in, you'll be sitting up in the nosebleed section. I mean, is it is it better to stay at home and have that? that view on the TV, you get, you get all the commentary. I mean, right. it's, if, if I mean, if I, I'd want to go to that for, if I was a big time Buccaneers fan, I try to get into there for that first game, see that banner raised, but that, that's the, that's the big one that you want to get to. And man, that I've seen ticket prices for that first game and it's, <laughs> I can't do it. No, it's fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, I have a job where I have to work and cover the game and right. a job I get to be there. But uh, man, I, I don't I couldn't see myself working over thousands. No way. No, not for for the first regular season game. No, I can't. I, I no. <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah, all right. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, now, when it comes to that, when it comes to they, okay, they would. We have a Super Bowl team, Super Bowl caliber team. And I think fans maybe in some in some ways are not used to knowing how to deal with that. And I'm that's sort of my, I guess, over my perspective when it comes to they're upset about ticket prices. Well, <laughs> it, it's when you're good, you're going to have to pay more to get in the game. Yeah, and, it's, it's supply and demand, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I'm I, I for one, as a longtime Buccaneers fan who cannot afford to get into the game, I've, I can only tell you this: I wouldn't change this for anything. I am thrilled to stay home and watch uh, Tom Brady in a Bucks uniform for a few years. No, and absolutely, now, yeah. You, I you live can't. in Charlotte, actually. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and there, the Dallas Cowboys fan club from Charlotte is flying down for the game and having a big beach party and all this. So <laughs> this, this truly is, I, I get why they called this the first game. But other than that, you brought up New Orleans. What what else, you know, what other games on the schedule have your attention? Well, a lot of people uh, look at the schedule and they're, they're like, oh, we got all 22 guys coming back. And we, we're playing the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL when you look at records from last year. But every year, Things change in the NFL. That's why there's so much right. parity. I mean, a team hasn't repeated since Tom Brady back in what early 2000s, and uh, one injury can happen. The way the ball bounces. So uh, there's a lot. The schedule. People are saying what 13 and four, 14 and three. Uh, it's going to be tougher than that. I mean, as far as the tough matchups this year, everyone's looking at the LA Rams. That is this what third game of the season. Right. I think the Falcons are going to be a tougher team than they were last year. Uh, I think uh, you're you're in Charlotte or you're in Carolina. I think Sam Darnold, they have something to prove in Carolina. Sam Darnold has something to prove that he was right. was not held back by by the Jets or was held back by the by the Jets. And I think another really tough game is the Indiana Indianapolis Colts game going to Indianapolis. And I mean they have a really good offensive line that could uh, neutralize what the Bucks do so well at rushing the passer. So that that's 17th game that was at that Colts game is going to be a key one too, I think. And of course the Patriots is obvious. That's the one everybody I think wants to go to. <laughs> I mean, everybody's looking forward to that game. You got two hall of famers going back to Foxborough. I mean, it's, and what Brady can break the all time passing record. I he, know uh, that's how, up. Yeah. How perfectly set up is that? But that, now a question about that game, because I, I and I have, 
I think when you think of Tom Brady going into New England now after last year, if Brady were to, if, if the Bucks were to have their way up in New England, it is, I mean, how much char- tarnish is there on Belichick's uh, legacy as far as the whole, we, we heard for how long, Brady or Belichick, Brady or Belichick. I mean, is, could would that be answered? I'm, Maybe he's won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what I'm thinking is who are these Patriots fans going to be pulling for? Because they didn't want Brady to leave, first of all. You got to my next question. I think that's Brady winning the Super Bowl without Belichick proves who was the greater of the two. They're both great. I mean, they're, I mean, they're both great right. at what they do. Right. But who needs who more? I, I think I think yeah, Belichick needed Brady more, and that, yeah. that, that's clear. Yeah, asked and answered. I mean, that, but that that is my next question. You you hit it perfectly <laughs> on the head. Thanks for the segue because uh, I want to know what are the Patriot fans going to do when Brady runs on the field? They're going to be cheering. I mean, they, they they did not want Brady to leave. I mean, yeah. Belichick's the bad guy in this. They, they yeah. had a chance to keep him, and they didn't. And he, he still had plenty of left <laughs> in the tank. And, uh, you know, I got some friends that live in the up in the New England area. I got Patriots friends that are, you know, they're fans of the Patriots. And they didn't want him to go. They all right. love Tom Brady. And it's like they jump on this Bucks bandwagon for this year. Now, yep. now what do you do when he comes to town? Yeah, no, that that's pretty much, the, uh, that was my thoughts. I was thinking, even during the game, I, I would not be shocked if it gets out of hand, <laughs> if, if there's not mocking, cheering. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be pulling for Brady. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's going to be interesting. Kyle, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, seriously a pleasure, and I would love to have you back on here. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, Rick. Awesome. Thank you very much, Kyle. Have a good day. All right. Next up, we have Michael Pless from Real Bucks Talk. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing good. Glad to be on. Michael, I'm, uh, I'm glad to have you here, and there's a very specific reason I'm very happy to have you here. I've been uh, sort of tongue-in-cheek calling Joe Tryon uh, Mr. Irrelevant uh, because nobody is talking about this guy, and you guys did an excellent breakdown of Joe Tryon, and uh, tell, you know, tell all of our listeners what you saw. Yeah, and Joe Tryon, I mean, I just saw a guy that kept getting better, you know, as I watched the tape, and... Um, he definitely took that jump uh, in 2019. So, I mean, he was he was a guy that definitely caught our eye early. Um, he was someone that, you know, we were definitely going to do, you know, some type of film study on him and just really intrigued with his size and his ability to, you know, be versatile, play inside or outside on the edge. He could play, you know, three technique or if you want him to, you know, drop back into coverage, he could do that as well. So really, he he had all the traits you look for as far as, you know, what fits Todd Bowles defense. And so when he was the pick at 32, I wasn't surprised because, I mean, it's a perfect fit. Well, and it for a team that had no real needs, it was a it was an I'm going to call it an intriguing draft. I've never been around. I've been a Buccaneers fan for for pretty much my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've never, I'm not used to picking 32nd, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, right. It was a, it was a different experience for me. Now the guy drafted in round two, uh, seems to get all the attention. Uh, Kyle Trask, uh, tell me your thoughts on Trask. Tell me your thoughts on 
all the attention he gets versus Joe Tryon? Yeah, I think it, I mean, obviously coming from the University of Florida, you know, that's going to start, you know, the conversation, you know, because we have a lot of, you know, you have FSU, you have Gator fans, you mm -hmm. got, you know, a lot of, you know, they know who Kyle Trask is um, right. because they, they see him on TV. Plus, he plays in the SEC against, you know, top tier teams like Alabama and you see him in the SEC championship game. So, yeah, there's definitely more pop popularity than, say, a Joe Tryon who plays in the Pac-12 and he's on the West Coast. Not a lot of people right. have heard of him. Uh, so, yeah, Kyle Trask, um, you know, when he was selected, I was kind of surprised. I didn't I didn't expect them to go quarterback um, that early. I knew it was a, a possibility. And, you know, obviously the board fell, you know, the way that they liked it. And, you know, when I looked at the tape of Kyle Trask and I've seen a lot of his games because, you know, I'm a Gator fan myself. I watch a lot of their games. And so, you know, I didn't mind it. You know, I understand the selection because, again, he's coming into a great situation, doesn't have to play right away. You know, he can learn, he can sit, develop his skill set. I think he's got a, a lot of traits that fit this scheme. Um, and a lot of people, you know, the lazy analysis is, oh, he doesn't have the arm strength. Okay. You know, that may be the case, but the guy's very accurate. He knows how to throw with anticipation. He knows how to throw to space. Uh, and he's a very good deep ball thrower. And what does this offense like to do? They like to go down the field. So, you know, looking at it from that standpoint and his, his mobility inside the pocket, I think it's a, you know, a good fit. Yeah. And now I'm a Bucks. I mean, I am a Gator fan also, which around Bucks report, I will tell you is a rare thing. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of FSU fans uh, walking the halls <laughs> and um, I can tell you this. Um, I'm excited to have him there, but I'm, uh, what I, what I think is interesting is I don't know that he's a perfect fit for the Bucks. But the Bucks are absolutely a perfect fit for him, right? Um, the the opportunity to develop and become everything he can be versus someone who's thrown right into the mix right off the bat. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a good point. I think he is a good fit for the Bucks, and you know, I think yeah, his skill set needs some work. I think there's ability to get more velocity behind his throws with some some little tinks to the mechanics, but you know, his mechanics right now are good enough. I think his footwork is good enough. Uh, he's got a very good quick release, which is good. Um, but you know, there's this misconception, <laughs> there's this misconception about, you know, Bruce Arians offense, like it's all downfield. No, really it's not. It's uh, it's an offense that likes to attack, you know, the intermediate parts of the field, you know, especially the middle of the field. It, it it's a run first kind of offense, which likes to set up play action. Uh, which fits Kyle Trask's strengths. I mean, he did very well. You know, obviously he was in shotgun a lot in Dan Mullen's offense, but, you know, he has the ability to to run that play action. And also he was very good in the, the empty set formations, which, you know, requires a lot of processing and, and decision-making quickly. So I think those two things, along with accuracy, uh, he's got the tools to, to have a, a promising start. Um, but again, there's still a long way to go. We don't know how long Tom Brady's going to play. So, you know, it just remains to be seen right now. As you look at this draft as a whole, are there any other, any other players that stand out to you that you're excited about that you think this is a gem people aren't talking about? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I really like you know obviously Jalen Darden. I, I think he's right. got I think he's got a lot of explosiveness to his game. I like his quick, sudden change ability, and I think he does have a lot of upside to be that punt returner, kick returner that we're looking for. A guy that can make something extra happen besides just a fair catch or you know get the usual five to eight yards. I think he's got big playability, uh, and I think he can be developed as a receiver as well. And I think he's got a lot of receiving traits that are already good um, that people are not really looking at. So, you know, how how does he do his moves after the catch? I've never seen, I, I, I mean, this is Barry Sanders, I think is one of the few football players I've ever seen that I guess just, I mean, on, it seems like, there's no there's no transition from one direction to another. <laughs> right. It's immediate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's got that quick acceleration start and stop. Uh he attacks space. You know, he doesn't let the space attack him, if that makes sense. I mean, he just right. he he gets after it so quickly. His ability to pretty much erase angles is very impressive. He'll have like four defenders coming after him and he'll find a way to get past those guys. So you know, it, it's very impressive and it, it's, it's nice to have someone like that, you know, in our offense and it just adds a different dynamic. Um, yeah. because we, we don't really have a guy like that, that can be that jitterbug, the guy that can, right. you know, make, make guys miss. And that's very important in, in today's NFL. Well, you're, you are the perfect person for me to ask this to, because I don't count myself to be an expert like you when it comes to breaking things down like this. When I, I've heard so many people comparing uh, Jalen Darden to Scotty Miller, and to me, they don't seem like the same receiver. To me, Scotty Miller is a, uh, you know, go straight, go fast, and go catch the ball, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. They're, they're not close. Like, Scotty Miller is completely different from what J- Jalen Darden is going to bring to you. Uh, Darden can... He can play on the outside. He can play inside. You know, Scotty Miller can do the same, but they're they're different receivers. And you know, Jalen Darden can catch a one yard pass and take it fifty yards right down the down the field. Scotty Miller's not going to do that. But um, Scotty Miller's going to go fifty yards down the field and catch the pass there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and that way, I mean, I guess you could say they're similar, but again, they do it different styles. Um, you right. Know, Jay, That's... Jay, Jalen's game is more trying to think of it today's NFL player. I, you know, I would say like, a, almost like a Cordell Patterson, not with the size, but he's got that, just that ability to, you know, make defenders miss. Um, maybe Tyreek kill. That's kind of probably too much praise, but you know, Tyreek's that guy that, you know, he can be in a tight space and make things right. happen. You know, that's, that's where I the, see. the Buccaneers don't have a, for lack of a better way to put it yards after catch guy, other maybe Antonio Brown. But yeah, I would say Chris Godwin. Like, Chris Godwin's the best at it. I would say, right. yeah, he's the guy. But Godwin to me is just the catch anything. I mean, it doesn't matter where it is if it's if it's within arm's length. Mm-hmm. Now, not during the playoffs. I get it. Everybody, calm down. <laughs> but other than during the playoffs, Chris Godwin, nobody catches the ball like that guy. Right. No, I agree. I mean, he's, he's got the best, he's got the best hands and yeah, you know, um, but yeah, you know, getting back to Jalen Darden, I think, 
Yeah, he's completely different from Scotty. You know, Scotty, yeah. we're not going to ask him to make guys miss again. He's going to run by people. Uh, he can do that very well. And, you know, they use him sometimes on the reverses, but now you can use like a Jalen Darden on a reverse and right. he's got ability to cut across, <laughs> you know, the other side of the field and take it to the house, you know, because yeah. he'll, he'll, he sees things before they're there. And it's that ability to anticipate um, and, and make, you know, moves connected where, you know, he's going left and then he's able to go back right. Uh, so there's a lot of things to his game, but, you know, there's going to be some development. And the great thing about it, he doesn't have to play right away either, you know, because he's going to be six on the depth chart and, you know, he can just right. focus on special teams and that's where his value is going to come. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Looking at the schedule, um, breaking as you see it, as you break things down, you you look at all of this. This is what you do. Um, what are you seeing in the schedule? I mean, I, my first glance, first half looks like it's a little more difficult, and they were kind in the second half. Am I wrong about that? No, I, I would agree with that. I think you know, early on, you got some you know travel challenges. You know, going from L.A. to New England, and you know, you got some you know, some tougher defenses that you're going to face early on. Uh, but I, I like it in the fact that, you know, you're facing the AFC East. Tom Brady knows the AFC East. So that's right. pretty good. Um, you know, that might be advantage for us. Right. But yeah, definitely. I think there's an opportunity to definitely an opportunity to start fast. I think, you know, obviously the first two opponents, I think we should be able to take advantage of and, and hopefully start two and zero, and then, get into some tougher games you got miami who i think is going to be a tough game and right and then you know just tougher defenses because you got the bears in there the eagles defense is uh you know maybe on the up and <laughs> you know maybe on the up and up um maybe you know, you know and you still have new you have new orleans you know before the bye week so yeah let I me mean, ask you this about new orleans and mm -hmm. and, I, and i won't keep harassing you i'll let you go after this but the the new orleans saints i feel like a lot of Buccaneers fans are writing them off already. And I think it's way pre premature. I think they are a team that is we're going to be battling with all year long. I mean, I, am I am I crazy? Everybody seems to think they're done. No, I don't I don't think you're crazy at all. I, again, that's still a well-coached team. Uh right. you know, that's a good defense over there that has given us plenty of problems, you know, over the years. So, even last year uh, so yeah, it, it's definitely going to be a challenge with the saints, you know, obviously the quarterback situation, I think that's the big reason why people think, you know, they're going to fall off, but still have right. a great offensive line. They can still hand the ball off to Kamara. Uh, right. so, so they have a lot of options and I I'm sure they won't make it hard on the quarterback. You know, they're just going to be a different team. Um, now you said the quarterback. You, you you were, uh, you were very vague there, but you got to <laughs> touch on it. <laughs> We got to touch on who's going to be the quarterback. Oh man, I I think it's going to be both. It's going to be a mix of Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Exactly uh, what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I really do think it's going to be both. I think Sean Payton really likes Taysom Hill. Yep. Um, in that role where he can come in and kind of you know split time with Jameis Winston and, and be that dynamic playmaker type of deal, and you yep. know Jameis has that ability to go downfield and. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be something we haven't seen before, and that that adds another challenge uh, to the mix. Yeah. I told you that was going to be my last question, but I'd, I would uh, I would be remiss if I did not ask you this, Gator fan. <laughs> you know what's coming. 
<laughs> Tim Tebow. Um, is this uh is this a publicity stunt? Is this a real deal? What the heck is going on with Tim Tebow? Uh man, I, I have a lot of respect for Tim. Uh that he is, you know, pursuing this and and going after, you know, a dream of his and and his ability to, you know, change positions. And a lot of people have talked about, well, maybe he should have done that in the first place, but you know, I, I respect him for continuing to, you know, fight for that dream of playing in the NFL and having success. Uh, but you know, obviously I, you know, urban Meyer loves, loves the kid and, you know, he thinks of right. him as a, as a son. So I understand he's given him opportunity, but I, I do think that, you know, Tim's going to have to earn this. I don't think it'll be given to him. I don't think a roster spot will be given. Um, he's going to have to look good in, in preseason and, and make, you know, make things happen. So, yeah. Well, can I, you really picture him blocking? I mean, I, I, I have to just laugh and think, okay, you've got. You know who who's he going to be stopping? JPP is he gonna be <laughs> stopping uh, Shaq Barrett? Is he you know or you know for who you know whichever team they're playing? I just I can't see the guy really playing tight end at this point. Ten years out of football, learning how to block. Yeah, I, it, it's an uphill climb. I mean, I, I find it very difficult for him to. Yeah you know, find success. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I wish him the best. I hope it works out. Yeah. He is a great dude and, you know, but. yeah, he's, he's, he's absolutely a great guy and everything. I, I will say this, I'll leave it on. This is just something to think about. And you tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong about this, I think he's a security blanket for urban Meyer. I think you got the rookie quarterback coming in. You've got someone who can help teach him and what better kind of a guy than a Tim Tebow to teach Urban Meyer's offense. Yeah, that, that very well could be the case. And yeah, I mean, it, it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out and, um, you know, just excited to see what happens. Yep. Well, thanks a lot for joining Michael, uh, Michael Pless. Tell them where to find you, where they can find all your incredible breakdowns. Yeah, just go go to YouTube. Uh, you can type in uh, Real Bucks Talk. So that's one word, Real Bucks Talk. Uh, you can subscribe if you haven't already. And yeah, a lot of great stuff on there. Also, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Real Bucks Talk. So the links are all there on the profile. And uh, Rick, this was awesome. Thanks for having me. You got it. Thanks for being here. All right, guys. Now. It's time for the third segment of this podcast, which is going to be crazy. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's uh, it's going to be a good time. We are here with the Bucks Report's own, as well as the Bone 102.5 FM's own Johnny B. Johnny B's comedy. Um, am I missing all of the many things that you are doing, Mr. Renaissance Man? Uh, I could have sent you, uh, you know, a more detailed list probably would have been better for my promotions. I mean, you can't, you know, you, you can't forget my TikTok. You know, I've really been working on being a 15 year old girl lately. Uh, so Johnny B Tampa and Johnny B Comedy on that. Now, if you go to JohnnyBComedy.com, uh, it has links to like all the crap that I'm doing. Uh, Stand up comedian. I'll be out uh, doing shows, uh, all kinds of stuff coming up. So. Uh, and also uh, now officially a, a professional anthem singer. Uh, so I just got booked uh, for a Rowdy's game coming up. I'll be doing. Oh, wow. Anthem. How about yeah. that? Well, yeah, and I've heard you. I've heard you sing. And holy crap. Where'd that? How'd that happen? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's one of those you're, things, man. You're hiding it. You're hiding your talent. 
Uh, poop. Yeah, no, I mean, I got in a, I got into stand up, uh, uh, you know, through uh, singing. I was in a band and I kept cracking jokes years ago and my bandmates uh, pretty much they didn't tell me, but they hated me. So they, they kind of <laughs> talked me into going to uh, some uh, like an open mic. And then uh, I was like, oh, comedy's good. And then I started doing that and then radio and everything else. But, you awesome. know, this is a, a Bucks uh, podcast. So. Uh, born and raised in Tampa, passionate Bucks fan, season ticket holder for years. So yeah, uh, here we are, man. Bucksreport.com. That's pretty cool. I mean, I'm I'm so excited having you around. Um, it it <laughs> makes us all look better. <laughs> yeah, because next to me, anybody looks better because physically <laughs> I am a mess. I, I'm that's not what I meant. Holy cow, man. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's fine, dude. I love it. <laughs> I was meaning. I'm, I was actually no, going to get a, when I say when I say you're bringing another level talent here, that's 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 something I'm pretty excited about. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. And also, if uh, any of you guys need a before picture, like if you want to feel good about yourselves, <laughs> I actually thought about selling those, you know, you know, just, uh, you just get any skinny picture and put it next to me. And you're like, people are like, wow, you've really done well for yourself. And you know, what, you, what, you, you know, what are you doing? Keto? You look great. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start my own diet plan now that you know that you see the before and after. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's I I could uh, my problem is I've just lost a whole bunch of weight and I could still be the before picture. <laughs> so oh man. It's it it's not a that's not a win-win. But hey, I'm gonna I wanna let's get into the bucks because uh okay. it's probably the thing we should be doing. Um Bruce Arians this week on uh, on the Pewter Report podcast said he has no plans on retiring. He has no thoughts on it. Uh, he said he's basically going to keep doing this until he feels like he just wakes up in the morning and doesn't want to be at work anymore. Um, surprised he's sticking around this long? What were your thoughts when he first came to came to be a part of the Bucks? I mean, I, I'm not surprised by him saying that. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to announce, you know, when you plan on leaving. It's better just to leave that open and you know, by saying, you know, I'll leave when I'm ready to leave. That could be after this year. I mean, you never know yep. when he's ready to leave. But the last thing you want your coach to do is to give an end date. I mean, you see yeah. how that worked out for the Bucks defense <laughs> when Monty Kiffin announced that he was going to go coach with his son in the middle of the season. And all of a sudden, we what did we lose the last four or five games? Game. Yeah, we didn't win a game after that. Yeah. So you don't want to do that. I mean, that, that would be like your, you know, your wife saying, look. I'm good till Thanksgiving, and then I'm going to start banging another guy. That's just how it is, you know? I'm not going to yeah. ruin Thanksgiving, but after Thanksgiving, it's banging bang time all over town, daddy. Uh, <laughs> no, so, so I mean, I, I, I see what he's saying. And you know what? We, we really don't know. I mean, he, he looks to be in great shape health-wise. He looks wonderful. Uh, the guy loves to win. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you got a, a – an unbelievable roster and you got a quarterback that's acting ageless. Also, I say he's riding out as long as Tom rides out. So if Tom Brady yeah. wants to play till he's 50, we might get Bruce to he's 75. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. He seems happy. That's the thing is he doesn't just seem like he's coaching. He seems happy. Right. And, uh, that's kind of cool. He also on the same pewter report podcast, he talked about Leonard Fournette and how uh, he basically, uh, his exact quote is, I was going into the end of the season and he was unsure of what his role was. Uh, he was unha He was unsure. Let's see. 
unsure what his role was or unhappy with what his role was. We had a walkthrough and he was a little bit disinterested and we had a nice conversation. I said, look, when you come back on the field, you have 30 seconds to come back here and tell me if you're all in or if you're going to ask me to release you. Go inside, call whoever, but you're not going but you're not going over there away from everybody. You have a tough decision. Um, and in the podcast interview, then he said for, uh, Fournette walked up to him and immediately, after going inside and thinking for a little while, walked out of the Advent Health facility, walked straight up to Arians and said, I'm all in, and, not, and they never heard another peep. Now, I know that's yeah. a long, that's that's one heck of a long question, per se, but... Thoughts on Leonard Fournette going into this year? Is he going to be unhappy if other people are getting work? Uh, no. Like, I mean, you got to, in a way, you got to kind of understand where Leonard Fournette, where where he was mind-wise. This guy has been the best player on his team all the way up until the NFL. Like, this guy, right. was he was the best eight-year-old. He was the best at his uh, middle school, his high school even in college. I mean, he was, what was he, the fourth overall pick out of LSU? Right. And, and when I when I watched him play at LSU, I thought this guy might be the greatest of all time. Like, he was such a man right. among boys. And he came out, and he goes to Jacksonville, and he was the man of Jacksonville. Like, he he got right. all the carries. He had, what, 70-something catches even, uh, you right. know, the year before he came to us. So it's, you know, he's always been the man. So whenever you have that role – you know, it's it's a, it's not just ego. It's just what you're accustomed to. And then you go yep. to a situation and you're just not getting the same attention. And, you know, you're you, you I'm sure he believes he's better than Ronald Jones. And why wouldn't <laughs> he believe that? I mean, he's always <laughs> been better than everybody. Right. So so I, I think how Bruce handled it is exactly like the it couldn't have been a more perfect way to handle it, because at that point, you might as well give him this ultimatum because if you don't, he's going to ask for a release. He's not going to play as hard as so, uh, you know, in a way, Bruce went all in with that statement. He's like, you know, yeah. you either, you know, stop pouting and be, you know, and act in this way yeah. and, 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 and play into what we, our plans are. And he, and I think he, you know, I think he also mentioned, you know, Hey, there's a plan for you and you're going to get an opportunity. And that's what happened. You know, I mean, that's how the NFL is. It's next man up a lot of times. And then that, that helps you show the world and show your team that you, you know, probably deserve some more carry. So I think going into this season, um, I don't. I don't think there's a you know there's a definite starter per se. I mean, and and there really wasn't before that. It was uh, right. You know, whoever's got the hot hand is how they've always said it goes. Right. And it, and it was a lot of even distribution of the ball when it came to to Fournette and uh, Rojo before that that talk yep. he had with uh, with Arians. But I think after the postseason and what Fournette showed, how he could play in big games, including the Super Bowl, um, I I would say. If there is a starter, Fournette might have the edge right now just because of how he played towards the end there. Right. You know, Bruce Arians doesn't forget that. Byron Lethwich doesn't forget that. And you want to go to the guy that you can depend on in those right. big games. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Training camp's going to be fun, though, to see how all of this kind of <laughs> plays out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting. And I mean, when you have Fournette, Giovanni Bernard, and Rojo, and Keyshawn Vaughn, mm -hmm. um, somebody's going to be disappointed. And like, like Aaron said, you know, he said, uh, 
the quote is, we weren't going to have anyone who was pouting going down the stretch. We couldn't afford it. He came back in 30 minutes and said, coach, I'm all in. I said, great, because we're going to need you. Then Ronald Jones got hurt. And Mm -hmm. Lenny came to the front and led us all the way. Um, I think that that is the difference also for everybody who gets angry with Leonard Fournette or says he's got a bad attitude. I don't know. You brought it up perfectly, and I agree with you that you got to give the guy a little bit of latitude for saying, I want to be the man. He's always been the man. Yeah. 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 I mean, it would be like, uh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been in radio for eight years, but I'm still the nighttime guy. Right. So yeah, I mean, I, I would like to be in a better position and, you know, and have endorsements and be on a daytime slot where there's a lot more listeners and all that. But at the same time, I have a, I have a, a big role at the station I'm at, you know, I still have a right. big fan base and whenever, you know, our our flagship show whenever he is on vacation or needs a day off i'm their go-to fill-in guy so i'm like blaine gabbard or i'm like leonard fournette so it's like (laughs) you know i can't pout too much because they feel like i'm uh you know worthy enough of stepping in there uh and you never know i mean you know he he may get an injury or he may go to another market one day and they might go you know what johnny did a great job filling in uh let's go ahead and let him slide into that position so uh, I mean, I compare myself to Leonard Fournette. He's a very I'll do better than that. I'll do better than that. Wealthy man. <laughs> yeah. I'll do better than that, Johnny. See, you know, it's like Brady. See, you're 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 kind of like Brady in the sense that when the opportunity comes, you're gonna step in, you know, just um right? oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's I'm it. a six sixth round draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna be like, remember when that guy was uh on, on Bucks report? <laughs> now look hey. at him. Anybody, anybody who complains about getting compared to Brady, something's <laughs> right. wrong with you, man. I mean, <laughs> supermodel wife, worth oh, eight hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, got kicked I, out of his house this week, though. I He's saw that. Out of his house, yeah. Oh, boohoo! He's got to live in his bigger Clearwater <laughs> house. No, it's it's pretty funny how they, you know, the the headline says, you know, Brady's being kicked out. Look, he was renting it for a minute. Um, but yeah, I, I actually just started playing the Mega Millions more frequently. Right. Because I have a new goal in life, and that is to be Tom Brady's neighbor. So i i need to I need to hit enough money so I could go uh, shopping for a house near Tom Brady. You know, just so you know, I could uh, once in a while, yep. you know, just ride my pontoon boat. You know, by him, <laughs> by his house. You know, obviously, give, give him a little, give him the little wave. <laughs> yeah, I would look ridiculous on a jet ski at three hundred and something pounds. So I'm not doing that, but I would just cruise by slowly. You know, on a pontoon and be like. Hey Brady, what's up, bud? And he'd be like, "Hey Johnny, what's up, dude?" And he'd walk up back in the house to the Giselle and be like, the "Fat guy on his stupid flat boats riding by our house again." Jesus Christ! They let anybody move in and around here. So, yeah, I mean, I the the Leonard Fournette thing. I like you know back, to get back to that. Um, it was played perfect, and it's another reason why Bruce Arians is such is so great. Is because it's more than X's and O's when it comes to great coaching. It's how you deal with real people, you know, right. on a per, on a personable level, yep. and uh, and if you if you talk to the greats and they talk about their their coaches who are also the greats, it's way more than X's and O's. So it's relationship you know. management as much as it is X's mm-hmm. and O's. Yeah, yep. yeah, and uh, I mean, I think going back the tone that Arians set when he cut Vernon Hargraves, for instance, just said, yes. "All right, fine, you know, you're you're slacking out there on the field, bye." And cut him. 
And did you I mean, did you see what happened with the defense after that? Yep. Like the, the turnaround? <laughs> it was like before Vernon Hargraves, every receiver was just running wide open. I could have ran a button hook yep. and been wide open against the Bucks defense back then. But as soon as they cut him, immediately it looked like coverage yep. got a lot stickier and people <laughs> were a, a lot more accountable. People are like, geez, man, Bruce ain't playing, man. Right. He's just going to start cutting these people off and and, and yeah. i could not stand vernon hargraves from the get-go yeah i'm with you Ugh, thank <laughs> god with you. and i'm a gator fan and i couldn't stand him i mean it was from the from from jump he was uh yeah you that guy was a problem he was half dedicated mm-hmm. um he's in houston i mean wait, i think i don't even know if he's still in houston or not but he, uh, yeah but did you, did you see what happened he goes to houston and all of a sudden the quarterback starts you know getting in trouble <laughs> with all these women coincidence maybe <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's it's vernon's fault yeah uh, he's yeah. like you know what you need to do get on instagram and invite a bunch of girls over to your place <laughs> wank wank hashtag Who's blame know? vernon yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> Oh man, Johnny, been it's been great. Thank you for being here, and I really want you to come back on this podcast. Uh, I could go on and on. I mean, seriously, this is this feels too short, but that just means next time we'll be better. Yeah, man, I know you got a lot of great guests uh, popping in. Uh, I do appreciate you having me, and uh, I'm nailing down a schedule for uh, Out of Bounds with Johnny B on the Bucks Report dot yep. com. Uh, uh, so I think I might be doing a show this Saturday night, but I'm going to nail it down and, uh, and it'll be on Bucks report. And, uh, I look forward to having you on my show because I've been Absol- on yours. Absolutely. Yeah. That would be yeah. awesome. That'd be All awesome. Right, and I, I mean, you bring in your talent here. It's much appreciated. Thank you very much, Johnny. Uh, and that does it for another Bucks report podcast. We'll be back next week with a very special round table discussion on the coming season. Have a great one, everybody.